The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG, and thank you for the support. Bearcats fans, I'm excited to welcome in my guy, Neil Meyer. He is a contributor to the front office news. And look, I asked him to come on this season to discuss Bearcat basketball recruiting. In last episode 111, he brought the heat and I received a ton of great feedback from his appearance. So I'd like to welcome him back on the show, my guy, Neil Meyer. What's going on, Neil? What's going on, Alex? How are you? I'm doing well, man. You did so well last episode. We're going to extend your 10-day contract, okay? So you got you got a 10-day contract like like the NBA. We're going to extend that out, okay? You did such a good job. I appreciate that, Alex. And then we'll then we'll go with a max deal, and we'll 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 do the whole thing, man. So tell so tell everyone how they can follow you and uh, get the content from the front office news. Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Instagram at. Uh, my knee five four two one. It is M E Y N E fifty four twenty one. And you can find me at Twitter at MeyerNeil six. And you can find us on all social medias at the Front Office News. And you can find J T uh, Smith at underscore J T underscore Smith on Twitter. Great. So last episode, Neil, we talked about the Bearcats landing two specific recruits that they needed to land, and they did. So let's first discuss the transfer from Memphis. Yeah, so obviously that was a big transfer target and landing Landers Nolly. Um, for everyone who has seen Landers over the last two years at Memphis, knows what he brings to the table. Um, he brings that athletic to – he's going to be a redshirt senior, so you have two two seasons left of eligibility. Um but for everyone who's seen him, I've seen him personally five times in the last year. I saw him three times down in Dallas for the AAC tournament in uh, late March. But he brings that experience, that versatility. He's a six foot seven guard who can really uh, spread the floor out. He can score on all three levels. But what stood out to me the most about him was his athleticism. Uh, he averaged almost 10 points a game, five rebounds, and I believe three, uh, three assists and almost shot 33% from the floor last season. But I mean, the season prior, he averaged almost 16 points a game, was named to the AAC All-Freshman team when uh, his freshman season at Virginia Tech before transferring to Memphis. But overall, that's a, that was one of the big the big gets for the offseason as he brings so much to the table and can really uh, spread the floor for a guy like David DeJulius and uh guys like Jeremiah Davenport and all that on the floor. So he brings a lot to the table. Yeah, and, and Texas A&M and North Carolina State were recruiting him. You know, why did he choose the Bearcats? Have we heard his reasoning? I I have not heard the reasoning, but I know briefly if it, it was up to me, like what I would think was just his familiarity with the AAC and what really brings to the table. I mean, it fits his style of play, and he maybe can come in and impact right away for the Bearcats and something he saw – up close and personal and how Wes Miller coaches. And I think after spending a little bit of time on campus with the coaching staff, I mean, the decision wasn't very long after coming on campus. So he must have fell in love with the campus right away. 
Yeah. Do you see him starting right away? I do see him starting right away, yeah. Figured. I figured. Now, he originally was at Virginia Tech, correct? He went Virginia Tech to Memphis and then obviously now Cincinnati, correct? Correct. Do I remember? Okay, yep. Um, well, listen, that was a that was a huge target uh, for Wes Miller and his staff. And it's, you know, it, it, it's really good to see, you know, the staff targeting certain guys. And obviously these guys can play but them actually getting the guys. And, and, and I want to transition into the next big get, and that is Rayvon Griffith. I mean, that was huge news for the Bearcats, Neil. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and I think there's, there's a lot of reasons why that was, was big. And, and Rayvon, listen, he, he can play, you know, obviously he's got a state championship under his belt. He still has another year of high school basketball and he's just, he's getting better. And it's hard to believe he's getting better every single year, but he's getting better. Um, but, but I think there's something to be said about, you know, a kid at his level here in town, staying in town and being a hometown hero. And we've seen too many kids, from just the greater Cincinnati area or even just this region, just go on to other schools, i.e. Ohio State, um, Michigan, and, and, they, and they leave right from this backyard where I think you've got great basketball here in the greater Cincinnati area. And I think him being a hometown hero is huge for recruiting moving forward. No, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think landing a guy with his talent, knowing he's the 47th best player in the country in his class of 2023, and I think him staying home with the high offers from Kansas, Alabama, Ohio State, and even UCLA, I mean, I think it just kind of proves that everything is not always meant of, hey, let's go out and play at these big-name schools when you have the opportunity of a lifetime right in your backyard. I mean, Taft is what, two miles from campus, maybe? So, I mean, the opportunity to stay home, he does have a family of, I think he is one of eight children in the family. He's the youngest, so a pretty big family, and the opportunity to stay home and play right in that backyard was really kind of what sold the deal for him. Right, absolutely. And I think I heard, now correct me if I'm wrong, if you heard the same thing, that during the recruiting process that, that Ray Vaughn and, and his family just absolutely fell in love with Coach Wes Miller and the staff. Yeah, I heard that as well, and I think that kind of shows a big thing for West not being here maybe over just a little over a year and to really see how these recruits and these transfers are starting to fall in love with him. I mean, you got to be excited for what's building up uh, as the Bearcats head to the Big 12. So landing a guy like Rayvon and getting him to stay at home and just you could see it in Rayvon's actual commitment video. You could just see the excitement, the joy of everyone seeing when he made that announcement he was going to stay home. I know I get chills watching it every time. I've watched it about 100 times since. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Now, from a a recruiting standpoint, obviously getting Rayvon is a big get because of what he can do on the court. But I think also getting Rayvon to the Bearcats also helps you to maybe get some other players. And there's some other players out there that – I don't want to say they're tied to Rayvon, but, you know, now with, with social media and AU, a lot of these kids all know each other, and they're kind of working behind the scenes saying, hey, if I go here, you come, you know, to Cincinnati if I go there. And so there's a lot of that going on. Um, 
Isaiah uh, Collier, he's a he's a young man too as well. That because of Rayvon coming here, he might come here as well just because of the relationship. Have you heard about that? I have heard about that. Yeah, and that's a huge get because I believe Isaiah is a five star five star guard, correct? Yeah, and he's actually a top twenty player in his class. And I, me personally, I believe he is the best point guard in the class of two thousand twenty three. Mm, why do you say that? Just for his playmaking ability, I mean, he can score at all three levels, but after watching his highlight clips from the EBYL lately, he has shown that he is the best passer in his class, and there's no doubt about it, that he is arguably one of the top point guards in his class. Just based off his playmaking ability, he can beat you off the dribble. I mean, he can score at all three levels, but really what stood out to me is his ability to create space and make plays for other people as well. And that is so important as teams look to make runs in the NCAA tournament. What what, what fans um, often see in an NCAA tournament is the, the further you go in a tournament, the more the game becomes about half-court offense, half-court defense. And you've got to have a good point guard. You need two really good guards, I think, as you, you know, kind of make that run in the NCAA tournament. So getting someone like him and, you know, a strong uh, backcourt is very important as, as Wes and his staff think about making those those runs in the uh, in a tournament. Um, another kid that I want to bring up locally that, you know, seeing Rayvon be a hometown hero, um, you know, he had the whole Instagram live uh, commitment. I believe it was on like CBS Sports on the Internet as well. And just a lot of love for Rayvon. You know, you look at a kid like Tyler McKinley, who's a sophomore at Walnut Hills High School, who is a four-star. He'll eventually be a five-star. But he's got to be seeing that going, man, I might love to stay home and wear the red and black as well. Yeah, no, most definitely. I actually, right after UC offered Tyler, uh, I think it was about six months ago, I actually did a quick little interview with Tyler. And this was before before the season started, so I believe late October, early November. But now that he's just seeing blowing up this EBYL as well, and he's arguably making his name known. He can basically do anything you ask him to, but for him to stay home, uh, that would be awesome. Connected, uh, Have him connected to Rayvon. And it's actually kind of interesting now that you mentioned Tyler. Stu actually is coaching at Walnut Hill, so he gets to see – Tyler yep. every day up in personal, so you uh, you've seen quite frequently <laughs> what Tyler McKinley can actually do on the court. Yeah, and, and Stu's bragged about Tyler for for years, um, and I I've known Tyler for a long time. His brother Alex um, played in my AU basketball program, and so I've I've been around Tyler since he was a little kid. Actually, I just interviewed Tyler for my high school basketball interview series called What's in Your Bag. And I did talk to Tyler about, you know, his commitment, um, you know, when he was going to make it in terms of colleges. And he said he would kind of like to do what Rayvon did in terms of, you know, after his junior year, making a commitment. And then that way he can just kind of relax and play free his senior year. And I haven't asked him about being a hometown hero like Rayvon. And he says, I wouldn't mind that either. So I like to hear that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, that's one eye, one name Bearcats fans should keep an eye on, especially after watching him blow up in the EBYL and what he's been able to do in this AAU circuit, really kind of showing a lot of teams. I know he just got offered by uh, Ohio State actually earlier this week. Yep. So yes, he one did. 
that Bearcats fans should really keep an eye on. Yeah, he, and he's just going to keep getting offered. Just, I mean, just every every year he's going to continue to get more and more offers, being just so young and, and just so talented. He could do so much on the basketball court. So, like you said, uh, Bearcat fans need to keep an eye on him and show him some love. Um, so, w- w- with this being said, um, the roster's set for this season, correct? Are we, we correct. set for – okay. What are your thoughts on how the roster shaped up? Uh, I thought the roster shaped out to be actually pretty pretty well heading into the Big 12. I mean, you add a guy like Rob Tennessee who is known for his defense, uh, but as everyone knows, he has had some little injury concerns over the last few years. But when he's healthy, he's basically a – you put another lockdown defender with David DeJulius, and you could have one of the most uh, highly defensive backcourts in the AAC before they head to the Big 12 with guys like DeJulius and – uh, Rob Finnessy. But then you also still have the assurgence of John Newman, who really took off towards uh, about halfway through the year after he got his feet wet in Cincinnati. And then you add guys like Kalu Azipke, who has had a nice offensive and a nice defensive game. He's a six foot nine forward who likes to crash the boards, but can also uh, put some paint, uh, put some points on the board. And then you bring in a guy like Landers Nolly, who is a six seven guard slash forward who can really uh, play complimentary to guys like David DeJulius or Micah Adams-Woods. And then you bring in the recruiting class of Daniel Skilling, Josh Reed, and a six or a seven-foot-one guy in Sage Tolentino. I mean, if you're Wes Miller, you got to be very impressed with how this offseason went for you. And what I like, Neil, is that you, you've got a good mix of new talent coming in, you know, which obviously there's some upgrades there, but also – those veteran guys coming back, you know, that are really bought into what Wes Miller's talking about. You need that. It's, it's, I think it's one thing to have a team full of talent, and that's all fine and dandy, but you've got to have your veteran guys. You've got to have guys that buy into leadership. They're an extension of the head coach. And I see that with, you know, the Julius and, and Juice is that type of guy. Newman, Newman's known Wes for a long time. He's really bought in. So I really like the mix of these guys. But here's the million-dollar question, Neil. I want you to give me your projected starting five for this coming season and the one guy coming off the bench. All right, let's go. Uh, so my starting five, uh, we would have to go with David DeJulius. And then yep. you throw John Newman. I think Landers Nolly. I think you throw in Kalu Azipke. And then for the second guard spot, I think you could go either well with Micah Adams-Woods or you can even throw Daniel Skillings in there. Uh, just because Micah Adams-Woods provides that uh, veteran experience, we can say. And then he also is one of the best in the country when it comes to assist-to-turnover ratio. Absolutely. You have Absolutely. a high-rising phenom in Daniel Skillings, who is one of those late bloomers on the recruiting trail and just absolutely dominated this year. Just won player of the year in his conference, won uh, state player of the year, led his team to a state championship. And, I mean, six foot seven guard, you can score at all three levels, really get to the rim. And, I mean, he's, I, think, I believe he's top 50 in the class right now. But to be honest with you, like I said last time, I would not be surprised if he becomes a top 20 player in his class after his uh, season he had this year so. I think he's uh, the best he's yet to come for Daniel, and I think he's going to 
fit in really well, and I think we could be looking at a big freshman season from him. Mm. So is this an NCAA tournament team? I know it's early. I know it's tough. But I mean, let's 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 look at what we have, and you know, you know what we're gonna face in the AAC. Is this an NCAA, a potential NCAA tournament team? I believe it is. I believe it is. I mean, you add the guys who have been. Landers Nolly just made a a deep run to the round of 32 or Sweet 16 before they got knocked off by Gonzaga. So I mean, I believe it was the round of 32 when they got knocked off by Gonzaga. So you had a guy like Landers Nolly who has all that experience and they just made their first tournament run in a great few years down there in Memphis. And then you have John Newman coming back. You have the veteran leadership there in the backcourt between Mike Adams Woods and David DeJulius, but you're adding a lot of, a lot of high rising talent with guys like Josh Reed, Daniel Skillings, and a big seven foot one guy like Sage Tolentino. I think if he uh, hits the monster factory, right, this off season, (laughs) uh, I think this team could be, a pretty big, uh, pretty big surprise in making an NCAA tournament this year. Now, after this season, the Bearcats will be going to the Big 12, um, and this is huge on a lot of fronts. Um, financially, it's huge. Uh, recruiting, I think it's even bigger. Um, now, how did we, how did we get into the Big 12 for 2023? Was there a buyout from the AAC? How did how did those negotiations work? Do you know? Uh, so I know right now that, that they are actually still in the process of negotiating that buyout. I know right now they're still in the AAC deal, but it sounds like there's a little range of the negotiation from the talk that came out late last week of sounds like the AAC is going to be seeking 17 to 20 million to exit before the 23 season. But mm. it looks back to when that announcement got first made, it was, looking like they were going to ask for maybe around the 30 to 32 million dollar range for that so i mean mm-hmm. that in half greatly that's a that's a big thing to really especially with that buyout because obviously that kind of money is very expensive very doesn't come around easy when it comes into a smaller conference like the american uh but then you add whatever some say they do get that 17 to 20 million buyout range uh that same year that houston UC and UCF would leave to go to the Big 12, the American would welcome in those six teams with Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. So, I mean, you lose three, but you bring in six. I mean, I think the financial standpoints will still be there for the American Athletic Conference. Now, 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 explain to Bearcat fans that might not, I think most do, but for those that do not understand this, how – how is going to the Big 12 impacts recruiting? Oh, it impacts recruiting drastically. I mean, obviously the Big 12 is one of the top football conferences, but it's also the best basketball conference in all of college basketball. And I think everyone has saw that over the last few years. Uh, I believe in 2021, Baylor won the national championship led by Cincinnati native Macy Teague. And then you yep. throw up here and you look at the Oklahoma's, the – all the Big 12 schools, Baylor had a nice season. Uh, but you look at all the Big 12 teams really this year, They all there was a good five or six of them that made the NCAA tournament. And Kansas actually won the national type. Uh, national mm-hmm. type. Mm-hmm. That really impacts recruiting, uh, especially in the standpoint now, like with how Wes Miller has attacked that 23 recruiting class, knowing that that could potentially be the first year the Bearcats end up in the Big 12. And landing a guy like Ray Vaughn to start that committing, uh, commitment class, 
think that's that plays a huge role, especially going into a powerhouse conference. I mean, you're going to have to see Kansas twice a year, and you know they're going to be one of the top-notch college programs for many years to come in college basketball. Absolutely. And I, I was ta- I was talking to a Bearcat fan, I think it was maybe two weeks ago, and he, I don't think he really understood. You know, he, he loves watching Bearcat football, Bearcat basketball, but I don't think he understands the inner workings of everything. And, and he was asking me, he's like, well, why is, why is the Big 12 impacting recruiting? He's like, I understand that they're going to be great games, but and – I, and I was trying to explain to him, I'm like, you know, if you're a young – you know, if you're a young man and you're playing, you know, high school football or high school basketball and you turn on the TV and you see the Bearcats and you see the Bearcats logo and you see the Bearcats perform well and they're playing Kansas or Baylor, whoever it is, that intrigues you. You know, if you go back in history and you look at the Kenny Satterfields, you look at, you know, I, I could name four or five players that played for the Bearcats who didn't know about the Bearcats until they saw them on TV, until they saw them playing on a big game on national TV and winning big games on national TV. That's how sometimes these kids get exposed to, you know, you know, schools. So, and obviously with the Big 12, you know, the network, the, the money you receive from a TV deal, TV deals run everything, but um, that's just one of, I think, the many ways. And plus, if you're a recruit too, Neil, you want to play against high-level players. You want to go against Kansas because you know Kansas has pros, right? So it's like, you know, if I'm a high school kid and I go to Cincinnati and I know I'm going to play some pros at Baylor and Kansas and I compete well against them, that helps my chances of eventually going professional. Exactly. And you think back on it, too, with the Big 12, there's talks that Oklahoma and Texas might not even be able to get out until 2025. So we could be looking at potentially two years within the conference of Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas. Wow. And you just think about that and think about seeing all those games at Fifth Third Arena and what it does for a program like Cincinnati, which is one of the top ten programs in all of college basketball, to be able to compete with those guys on a daily basis before they make that transition. I think that would be fantastic for this program. Better get your season tickets now. Better get in early. I'm telling you. Um, hey, Neil, lastly, um, I do want to jump ahead a little bit. Um, I, I want to look at after this season's over and as we look at that 2023 season, um, after this season we're going to lose Juice, the Julius. We're going to lose Newman. Um, who else do we lose senior-wise? I think – is that it? Bob Finnessy because he only has one year yes. left. You're right. You're right. Um, Landers has two years, correct? So he'll be back. Yeah. Um, and then potentially any kids that jump in the portal. I mean, nowadays you never you never know. But 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 forecasting out with losing those guys to 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 being seniors. What are some of the positions and and maybe what are some of the things the Bearcats need to address recruiting wise? going into that 2023 season. And that's so important because that's your first year in the Big 12. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, I think it all starts with the name we mentioned earlier with Isaiah Collier. If you can lock down a guy like Collier, who did just put UC into his top seven, I believe, if I'm looking at it right or thinking right, he's been very high on UC. Uh, So if you look back and get a guy like Isaiah Collier in the portal, 
or not in the portal, in the recruiting stage, I think that's where it starts first because uh, he is the top priority. But then that will be Tyler's senior year so or junior year. So if you get a commitment from Tyler, that's a very, a very big one. But I think you got to go, you got to attack the guards there because losing guys like David DeJulius, potentially even Micah Adams-Woods, who will be a senior now if he uses his extra year of eligibility or not. But you got to go with the guards because losing two guys – potentially two guys yeah. like those two who have been around this program and have done so much for not only the program, but for the city of Cincinnati as well. But I think you really start with the guards. But if you can get another, say Isaiah does commit and comes here with Ray Vaughn, you're going to see a lot of high-end four or five stars coming in. I know they offered Brandon Garrison out of uh, 694 out of Oklahoma. He is the number four center in the country. And then you have guys like uh, Jonathan Powell from Centerville. He is class of 24, though. But you look back at Jonathan Powell actually plays for the same AAU coach as Ray Vaughn. And that yep. is uh, Gabe Cups' father, who is Gabe Cups' local commit to Indiana. So those are some of the guys we're looking at. I think you can really get those guys on campus and load up as long as Tyler McKinley, I think, I think the future would be very bright heading into the Big 12. Love it. Love it. Hey, Neil, once again, um, you brought the heat. You brought the heat. And I'm gonna, we're going to keep extending this 10-day uh, 10 contract for you, man, until we get that, that max deal done, man. You're, you're doing great, man. And let's, I want to continue to get you on uh, the podcast. Uh, the, the Bearcat fans, you know, they really love to hear about this recruiting and who's coming in. I mean, it's at an all-time high in terms of fans wanting to get information and content about recruiting. So we really appreciate you uh, providing us with that. Not a problem. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Hey, you go enjoy this uh, good weather we're having in Cincinnati this week because it, it might snow. You never know on Sunday or some some crazy shit. You just never know here, right? You never know, man. You just never know. <laughs> Enjoy the enjoy the sunshine. So, hey, Neil, we, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll get you back on for uh, the next episode uh, as well, talk a little bit more. Maybe you know what we need to do? Um, we probably need to jump into a little bit of football recruiting as well. I'd like to do that one time. Yeah, most definitely. We can do that. Okay. All right. I know I'm getting a little outside of my, my lane there, but, but I, 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 I'm just so I, – I love Bearcat football, man. I really do. And, and the fact that one of the things I, I've become more intrigued with Bearcat football recruiting is because, you know, Lucas put his arms around this this area, greater Cincinnati, this region, and, and he's getting good kids, man. I know a lot of these kids that are end up, you know, going to the Bearcat. So I, I, I'm loving it. I, absolutely. And I, love, and I love seeing them have success at Cincinnati as well. Not only just recruiting them, but then watching the Josh Wileys, you know, come here and, and be successful, man. That's that's just awesome. Yeah, most definitely. It's a it's an exciting time going on in Clifton. That's that's to say the least. No doubt. Great to great to be a Bearcat fan. So hey Neil, thank you man. Go enjoy the good weather and uh we'll catch up here very soon. Not a problem. Sounds good Alex. Thank you for having me on. No problem, Neil. We'll catch up soon. Take care, bud. Yep, you too.